Well, my message today is faith answers the requirements of God. Faith answers the requirements of God. We have some scriptures here, and I'll be reading some passages in Genesis, some long passages. But you need to understand all what's being said, so we need to read the scriptures so you understand. Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Talking about God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then the second Chronicles 16.9b, not B, really the first part is A, I think is the first part. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal or perfect. King James says perfect. New King James says loyal to him. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And then let's go to Genesis, the 22nd chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 18. It's a story of Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice. It's a famous scripture of the word of God, but it's so important to my thought today. You know, this scripture of uh, Genesis 22, 1 through 18, is a confirmation of the covenant. It's a confirmation of the covenant between God and Abraham. Abraham is showing Almighty God just how loyal he is, how much faith he has in the Almighty God, who he has not seen with his eyes, only heard his voice in his ears. Hallelujah. Let's read Genesis 22, start with verse 1. And now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. That word means proved proved Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering as one of the on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Now the lad here is really a young man. He could have been considered a young man, could have been 12, could have been in his early teens. We don't really know exactly his age. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand, and a knife, and the two of them went together. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. 
Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day. In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Hallelujah. Do you understand that part? In the mount of the Lord, that sacrifice shall be provided. Hallelujah. He didn't even know what he was saying. It was a prophetic statement. Hallelujah. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done the thing, this thing, and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Hallelujah. Faith answers the requirements of God. As we have just read all our scripture lessons here for today, we see that our Heavenly Father requires faith out of us. He requires us to be loyal in that faith. He is looking for consistent faith. He is it is important for us to know whom we believe and are persuaded that He is able to keep us against that day. No matter what He asks of us, because of covenant we made with Christ, we will be faithful. Let's talk about Abraham. He is considered the father of faith in Christendom. Besides Jesus' sacrifice, there is no other drama better than this drama listed here in the Bible. Hollywood could have, have never made this up. The first drama was the prophetic of the second drama. God sends his angel to prove Abraham's loyalty and faith. The messenger of God speaks in the first person. He speaks as he is God. God is so powerful, he sends his messenger, but notice the messenger speaks as he is God. He calls to Abraham and tells him to go to the land of Moriah. The land consists of mountain ranges. This land of Moriah is to be the same mountain ranges of Mount Zion, where the temple of God was built in Jerusalem. God tells Abraham to go to Moriah to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Abraham heads out to Moriah with Isaac, two young men, and the wood and the fire. But he tells no one his orders. He keeps his mouth shut between, between he and God. After three days, he sees a place afar off and tells the young men to stay with the donkey, and he and the boy would go up to worship. I wonder what those two young men thought when Abraham only went to sacrifice with Isaac and they had no animal with them to sacrifice. I wonder what they were thinking. Now Isaac is wondering the same thing. He asks his father, where is the sacrifice? Abraham answers with the famous cliche the church uses today. God will provide. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he adds to it. He said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Now the burnt offering belonged entirely to God, according to Leviticus, first chapter, third verse. The burnt offering was to be burnt completely. Other sacrifices, the priest and the people could eat the flesh of the animal sacrificed, but not the burnt offering. For it was burned completely on the altar, but not the skin. 
they, they skin the animal and they place the whole animal on the altar to be burned as for atonement for their sin, for atonement. Abraham prepares the altar and Isaac for the sacrifice. He lifts his hand to kill Isaac, but the angel of the Lord cries out from heaven. And notice he calls Abraham's name first and then tells him not to hurt the lad. He calls Abraham out. Say, Abraham, Abraham. He calls him out first. And what I got out of that was, I can find my spot here. Seems to me that Abraham is attentive to the voice of God. The whole time he's doing, he's listening for the voice of God. Hallelujah. He's got a, God is requiring something out of him, but he is listening to his father. He's listening to Almighty God. He's listening, which we have to be. We can't get involved so much in God's requirement that we can't hear his voice. We must stay calm and trust God. I probably would have been all to pieces. Most of us would have been all to pieces. There, God's requiring me to, to sacrifice my child. And I'm supposed to stay calm? But Abraham did. That is why Abraham is our faith example. Hebrew brings out that God told Abraham that Isaac shall thy seed be called. <laughs> I love that. Oh, to read Hebrews and how he brings out this whole scenario, this whole drama. Hebrew puts an ending to it. Hallelujah. Puts an understanding to what was going on. It brings out, and it says here in Genesis, but Hebrews just makes it click in your mind, click in your spirit. He says, and Isaac shall thy seed be called. Abraham knew that, and Isaac knew that. So Abraham accounted that God was able to raise him from the dead, Hebrews says. Hallelujah. Immediately, Abraham sees a ram caught in the thicket, which he offered the ram for the sacrifice. Here we see that God always provides. That is what Abraham called the place. The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. In the first drama here, God requires man to prove his loyalty to the only true God. In the second drama, which was to come with Jesus, God required out of himself and proved himself to man that he would provide a Savior. Hallelujah. And in that Savior, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. Hallelujah. Abraham proved his loyalty to God, to Jehovah to God Jehovah that day, and the Lord blessed him with a mighty blessing that continued even until today. The last verse 18 included us, the church, which we now are the seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ. He said, in his seed, in your seed, Abraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Hallelujah. And Jesus was the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. Now, according to Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, God tells us to prove him. For as I know, that's the only scripture in the Bible that tells us to prove him. It uses the word written out, prove. Now, there might be other words used instead of it, but the word prove. When we give our tithe, pray for people to be healed and pray for people to be delivered, we are proving God. Did you know that? 
You, every time you give in your tithe, you are proving God. Every time you lay your hands on the sick, you are proving God. Hallelujah. The Lord God is looking faith in us. He is looking for us to be willing to give our all to him and trust him to handle what he is requiring. He is looking loyal people. Did you notice God requires out of us and then fulfills the requirement himself? Just like he did for Abraham. That is our wonderful God. He is so good. All he wants out of us is faith. All he wants is your allegiance, your faith, your loyalty, your trust in him. So quit worrying over the requirement and just answer the call with a faithful yes. That's what is the Lord. I've been saying this a lot in many of my messages. Say yes, say yes. That's what God is looking for. He will do the rest. We say yes to the requirement and he will do the rest. He will provide. When Bishop told me that he felt I should get off the piano and to preach to the women on Wednesday nights, I was concerned about who would play the piano. God was giving me, he felt that in his heart, and God was giving me a requirement. All I could think of was my replacement. But God provided a man to come and handle the music. He came, and he handled the music, not only the music, but the whole upstage there, all of it, singing and everything, picked out the songs and everything. Sometimes the Lord God requires out of our faith finances or money. There is a true story that Bishop told many times. It was, a, it was a Wednesday night service at a church where we were attending in Greensboro, North Carolina. The speaker was a guest missionary. missionary. At offering time, the Lord spoke to Bishop to give all the money in his pocket in the offering for the missionary. It was only around $3 and some of it was change. Pastor Thad was a baby at the time and we had to wait until Friday for a paycheck. Of course we lived like most young couples did from paycheck to paycheck. Bishop gave the money and from that night on we haven't had a single day that God has not provided for us. It was the beginning of our prosperity. Now God requires more out of us today but we give it up to him the same way as we did then. The Lord never disappointed us or let us down. All he wants is faith in him. Today, he is still providing for me. Hallelujah. I believe each generation God requires faith. And he may go about it in different ways. But each generation, he has a plan. Each generation of Christians or the people on this earth, he has a, a purpose, a plan, and expectation. And he requires faith out of that generation. And each one of us will stand before God what we did with our generation. Not the generations of the past, not the generations of the future, but our generation. During the previous 40 years, he has required for, to, for us to read, study, and learn the word of God. These next 40 years, which is a generation, he is requiring power out of us by using the word we have applied. As I said last week, we are to be firewalkers. Firepower is our requirement. The 40 years of Bible learning was the education and prosperity of the church. God prospered his church to finance this last day revival. But these next 40 years, God is raising up warriors that are willing to fight 
fire with fire. The Spirit of God is getting them ready at the beginning of this 40-year generation to bring forth signs and wonders. There might be the children that's in our church. I feel that, this generation that's being brought up now. The Spirit will empower them to stand up to evil like no other generation. Notice how this group, we had all the group here last night talking to them and how close they are. This is the first youth group that's been so close. So close. After they get grown, they kind of scatter. But these, God is pulling in together. And they are so close. They love being together. And God has a purpose behind that. He's got a plan for that togetherness. He has an expectation out of their togetherness. Hallelujah. The Spirit will empower them to stand up to evil like no other generation. Us older folks from the last generation are here to encourage them. Hallelujah. Train them in the Word and pray for the mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost on this generation. And in your prayer time, don't forget this young generation. Don't forget to pray for them. Ask God to empower them, to keep them together. The ones that are in our church and are in, are in spirit-filled churches that God is bringing together, this new generation of Christians, that they will be in league together and have a one cause to overcome the enemy and bring forth, ushering in the coming of the Lord. This generation will be fearless and obedient. They will not shun the requirements of the Lord. They will be overcomers. I believe that. Their faith will answer God's requirements. They will have bold faith. Facing the enemy will not be a problem for them. I believe they will meet the requirement of God. They will fulfill Revelation 12, 11. And as I close, I quote this scripture. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that generation that you will bring up that be willing even to give their life if necessary for the cause of Jesus Christ, for the cause of the gospel, for the cause of winning souls, for the cause of overcoming evil. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak in the behalf of this new generation that's coming to pass now in this new 40 years. I pray for them. I pray for the ones in our church that they will stay in love with one another, that they will enjoy being together, that the love of Jesus Christ will unite them together, that they, as they become of age of leaving their homes, they will not scatter, but they will stay together and do the cause for Jesus Christ. It's you, the requirement that you are requiring out of this church of this generation, that they will bring to pass souls like we've never seen before. We praise you, O oh God, and we thank you, Lord, that you are bringing forth this generation. They will be high and lifted up. They will be ahead and not the tail. They will be more than conquerors, hallelujah, through Christ who loved them. They will be what you want them to be. They will be children of the Most High God. And they will know they're the children of the Most High God. 
And I thank you, Lord, that your hand is staying upon that, this generation that is coming to pass right now in our church and in churches across this country and across this world that will stand up against the enemy, O oh God. And I thank you for that unification of your church. The unification of your church. For the gates of hell shall not prevail against your church, O oh God. And you are raising up a church that is called your church. And I thank you, Lord, for what you will do in their lives. And I give you praise and I give you glory. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, O oh God. We worship you, O oh God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord that we will answer our requirement as an older generation, as a previous generation. We will answer our requirement and do our part to see that not one of these young people are lost. We will do our part through prayer and through loving them, through mentoring them. We will not see a one of them lost. For I claim them for the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, O oh God, that there's many more coming. Hallelujah. Many more that are coming from the north, south, east, and west. Young people, O oh God, that are willing to lay down their life for Jesus Christ. That's what I'm looking for, Lord God. I'm looking for that generation that will conquer the enemy, that will overcome all sin, that will do the will of the Father. And I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, and I give you glory. Hallelujah. For it in Jesus' name. Do we agree? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe you're out there, you in this new generation. Maybe you just happen to go through YouTube and just see this woman here talking, and the Holy Spirit caught your eye. The Lord wants to save you. He wants to do something with you in this new generation. He's got mighty things for you. You want to be a warrior for God? You want to do something for the, for the world? Do something for the kingdom of God? Do something on this earth? You need to accept Jesus. It's in Jesus Christ you can conquer. In Jesus Christ, you can be what God wants you to be. In Jesus Christ, you can be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. More than a conqueror. And you can be a child of the Most High God. Maybe you're older. You are the first generation. You still need Jesus. Why don't you come to him? Why don't you call up him? All you have to do, both generations, say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. You came out of that grave. And you're now in heaven interceding or taking my place for me in heaven. And one day you're going to come back for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Save me from this evil, sinful world. Save me from my sins. Forgive me of my sins. And I want to follow you. I want to be your child, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and I will follow you. And if you believe that in your heart, if you meant it, you let your faith go out, the Bible says you are saved. So won't you thank him right now? Lord, I thank you for those who receive Jesus over the Internet right now. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for them. And I believe, Lord God, they will find a good church, wherever they may be. Get involved in church and read the Bible. Pay your tithe. Give your money so he can prosper you. Let him lead you and guide you, and you will have eternal, everlasting life, the Bible says. If you don't have a home church, Abundant Living Ministries is here, right here in Pembroke Pines, Florida. We love to have you come. 
If you're out of the state, won't you come and visit us and let us know that you got saved. Hallelujah. By watching the internet. By watching this old lady tell you about Jesus. Hallelujah. Never too old to tell anyone about Jesus. Let us know that you got saved. We have a place on the internet that you can let us know. We want to praise God with you. If you're, if you're sick in your body today, I want you to be healed right now. I send forth healing. The Bible says he sent forth his word and he healed them. And I send forth the very living word of God, Jesus, to you. And he is touching you right now by his mighty hand. And he is healing you right now. Whatever it may be, receive your healing right now in Jesus' name. God has a purpose, plan, expectation for you. He doesn't want the enemy to take you out. He wants you to be a blessing for him. He wants you to win souls for him. He wants you to be ready for his coming. So let him heal you. Let him heal you wherever it may be, no matter what it is. Let him heal you now. Receive your healing. I declare it for you, for by the stripes of Jesus, you've already been healed. He took it on the cross, your sickness upon the cross. And in his resurrection, it was all finished. He said it on the cross, it is finished. It is finished, men, he took your sins, and he took your sicknesses. He took all your problems to the cross. And it was nailed, the scripture says, it was nailed to the cross. Hallelujah. And in his resurrection, he gave us eternal, everlasting, abundant life. A life that is healed, spirit, soul, body, and finances. So all you have to do is extend your faith to him, and he will give it all to you. I praise you, Lord God, that it is happening right now. Deliverances is happening. That one who's having a problem with his mind, the devil is speaking to you. I command deliverance for you right now. Satan, you take your hands off of that person right now. I speak deliverance to you right now in the name of Jesus. You tormenting devil, leave. I loose that person from your strongholds. And Father, I thank you that you are you are coming to their mind. You're coming to their spirit. You're taking over that mind by the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord. And I give you praise. If you felt like you've been delivered, let us know. You felt like the burden's been lifted, let us know. Go to the internet and let us know that you were delivered today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't God wonderful? Hallelujah. He just answers prayer over and over. And he wants to do great and mighty things for all those who will just trust in him. You know what his requirement is out of all of us for us to believe in Jesus? That's all he wants. Believe that Jesus died. Believe that he rose again. Believe he ascended into heaven. Believe that he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And believe that he's coming back. That's what he wants us to believe. He wants to put our faith in that. And he, whatever he requires out of us, that's one of the requirements. But any other requirements he will take care of. But the first requirement of salvation, we have to do. We have to answer that requirement personally, each one of us. And the rest, the Lord will take us through until he take us, takes us to heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I hope you understood the message today. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you have. Let me know by going to our website. Let me know that you enjoyed the message today. Praise the Lord.